This episode of Those Conspiracy Guys is brought to you by Murderbook, a new true crime podcast hosted by best-selling author Michael Connolly. Available on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find your podcasts. Also be sure to check out Dark Sacred Night, Michael Connolly's latest number one brilliant bestseller, featuring detectives Harry Bosch and Renee Ballard. Links are in the description below. And here is something a little bit special. Hitler, Roswell, JFK, cryptozoology and NSA, global war and 9-11 government lies, tell them all about it, those conspiracy guys, Sasquatch, Tesla, Heaven's Gate, pedos in the Vatican and flat earth's fake, simulation, psychedelic, psychic spies, tell them all about it, those conspiracy guys, Fritzl, Rockefeller, Columbine Holocaust, Denial and David Icke Propaganda, Georgia, Guidestone, everyone dies Tell them all about it, those conspiracy guys Check your sources Don't believe all you hear Or you'll end up with A head full of fear Mothman, J.P. Morgan, Kurt Cobain Too bad Paul McCartney ain't the same Marijuana, Clintons and satanic ties Tell them all about it, those conspiracy guys Welcome to another Those Conspiracy Guys. This time, we're talking about some fucking wild shit from the far back arsehole of nowhere in Germany, where a family were mysteriously murdered by a yet-to-be-named assailant. Found in the barn. No murder weapon. No real, you know, explanation for it. And uh, it included some little babies as well, which is really sad. Uh, this is the Hinterkaifeck murders. And joining me in the hot seat, I have Schlego musician, slipping and sliding all the way from Schlego, Stephen Gormley, a.k.a. Moon Looks On, uh, here for the first time on Those Conspiracy Guys. Welcome, Stephen. Thank you very much. Thanks for having us. Great slipping and sliding. Slipping and sliding all the way from Schlego. Um, Stephen, we, we have spent the afternoon slash evening uh, creating the wonderful tones that, that were, the show was brought into. And eating crackers. Eating, cra- <laughs> <laughs> eating crackers and having a crack. We had fun making that song. That was a buzz. Trying to get all the lyrics out, trying to wheedle the titles of the episodes into it. But um, I hope you enjoyed that. I'm gonna. I think I might put that on iTunes or Spotify or something for people to listen to just all on its own. I think it stands. I think up. that's a deadly idea. Yeah, we do that. We can put it on iTunes and. Uh, you know, so we put it, all that work into it. Let's. Does iTunes give you any money for it anymore? I don't think so. Do they? Ah, but sure. It sounds good on the LCV, yeah. doesn't it? Okay, okay. I was on iTunes. It's like being published on Amazon. <laughs> Of <laughs> a Kindle out. Um, Steve, you are, aka Moon Looks On, the way Reg, what's his name? Reg Watkins is now Elon Musk. No, Elton John. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Nice comparison uh, there. You are, you are Moon Looks On. I am. Tell us a little bit about it. Okay, so yeah, I'm Moon Looks On. Um, seven of us in a band called Moon Looks On as well, but I write the music and uh, 
Kind of, is it an alter ego? Is it is it the way um, the lads from Muse would be known as Muse? But, uh, you know, Prince is like Prince and the band is called Prince. Squiggle. But he's just the guy. Yeah. Um, so basically, I lived on a, I live in Dublin and I lived on a road called Thomas Moore Road. Right. And uh, I started reading some Thomas poem poetry. Lots of it. Yeah. And uh, there was a line in it called As the Moon Looks On. And I was like, there we go now. That's a grand old name for a band. Highlight. Yeah. Under there. Highlight. Underneath it. And I took it as a name of a band and just started writing songs and now we've released some stuff under that name. So. And you've, ha- you've had... I can hide behind that name. <laughs> that's what I was just going to say. It's <laughs> it's branding and it's all about them branding these days. Yeah. Um, you've had other uh, musical outfits and you're also playing on your own. Yeah, like, I've been branded. Songers, I've been branded. Well, you got it, man. Yeah. You know? And uh, you also have... Uh, some tunes available on Spotify. Spotify. Is it available on iTunes as well? It's available on all streaming and download wow, services. All streaming and download services. Uh, the two songs, uh, Pray for the Rain and Summertime in Bloom, are, are available now f- for wherever you find your music. And uh, I'm going to put the links, the Spotify links and the iTunes links in the description below. So if you like the intro song and you want to hear more of Stephen, because uh, that was 100% him. He was doing all the harmonies and all the stuff, playing the guitar. If you want to hear more of him, all this, all the stuff is in the description below. Or you can follow him on Twitter, at MoonLooksOn and uh, at MoonLooksOnMusic.com. I think you have to take a bit of credit there now. 100% lyrics by uh, those conspiracy guys. Oh, is yeah. Is that how you do that? Is that like publishing rights or something? Let's, let's, let's. Okay, cool. <laughs> just cut this cheese the way it should be cut. Okay, cool. Stephen doesn't want to take responsibility for... <laughs> <laughs> saying that the flat earth is fake or that the Clintons have satanic ties. I, I enjoyed singing it all the same. Yeah, yeah. We've also, um, today, I guess you're listening to this a little bit in the future, but today I've released uh, the new uh, Clinton t-shirt and it's selling like hotcakes. So if you want to have a look, I'm going to put the link for that below too. Uh, it's a Pulp Fiction style uh, Bill and Hillary from our flat earth episode. Um, Bill's, <laughs> Bill's an assassin. Taking out, taking out people uh, for the Clinton Foundation. And uh, it's time to pay your bill. So you can go on to tpublic.com and have a look at that and buy one if you like. Get on a pillow or a bag or whatever you want. Um, so, Stephen, this... this, uh, this or a pillow bag, hit, maybe. A pillow bag. Pillow yeah. doubles as a bag. Nice. Pillow with handles. I think I should get one for all the band, actually. Get, get one each. Yeah. Uh, we'll make up a, we'll make up a Moon Looks on T Public account and get nice. your logos on stuff and sell yeah. merch at the gigs, bro. Get real. That's how it goes. So Hinterkaifeck was a weird one. I'm presuming, usually on the show we do, uh, like, what what do you know before we started looking into <clears> it in earnest? But this one is, like, not that famous. I mean, in true crime circles, it's uh, old school, um, I guess, you know, there's maybe only four other podcasts that have done an episode on this I'm going to be honest, I've never heard of it. That's I've never it, heard see. of it. So, like, I, I normally ask, like, what had you heard of? We did an episode on the Sodder Children which were a, a family of uh, Italian immigrants and the kids ended up going mysteriously missing. Yeah, it was very weird. And <laughs> the whole story like about the father uh, trying to find the kids and then the fire the fire chief from the area said, oh yeah, the house burnt down and they must have died in the fire, but they couldn't find any bones or anything. And then they ended up getting like a beef liver and putting it in a box and saying it was, it was one of the children's hearts. The old beef liver. Trick. It was just so fucking weird and odd and shit. Mm. Pre good forensics. Yeah, say. but this is like at the same time, this is 1922, this inter thing happened. And I mean, like, was there anything that stood out to you when you started looking it up that was like, this is fucking odd as shit, like? 
it seemed very kind of blasé the way they kind of washed over the fact that there was like incestuous relations going on between the father and the daughter um, yep there just seemed like there was a lot of kind of little weird things going on from the start like that like um, red flags red flags big time and you point out basically a whole family of people died like draw found out in the barn a couple in the house couple in the barn and brutally bludgeoned to death and you're going who would do that and why yeah and then how did they get away with it for so long and how did they apparently stay in the house for a number of days having an old feed and yeah that was the animals a, that was out and lighting thing. a few fires and whatnot I, I when i first came across i thought it was a really interesting case and i chalked it down for a future those conspiracy guys episode thinking that <clears throat> ah yeah i mean that's a weird one and we you know i'd look it up and get into the details a bit more and some of the details i found as i looked into it a bit deeper than some of the podcasts that i heard doing i was like fuck man this is really odd and weird and complicated so many people in the town could have been the perpetrator yeah like there's familial ties there's like questionable um what would you say questionable lineage of some of the children that were rolling around the house mm. and it's rural backwoods fucking country germany where where basically it was like the wild west like it's 1922 some shit's going down do you know uh uh they obviously had still blue some, shirts brown shirts and black yeah. shirts are marching around the place like giving giving it socks trying to make trying to make out that the state is above yeah. all and you know, there was political machinations happening. So people were making moves. It was just after a world war. Like, people were fucking under arses. And you get a whole family of people that just get wiped out. It's very, very strange and odd and weird. Very strange. I wonder, I'd love to have, uh, no, I wouldn't love to, but, like, imagine being in the, from that locality at the time. Yeah. Because um, there doesn't seem to be too much information on, like, tons of, like, local people, what they taught or did they, did they, they all kind of seem to come to, a consensus kind of, like yeah yeah i looked into the investigation we talk about all this stuff in, in more detail as we go along i looked into the investigation and uh apparently they interviewed like over 100 men there's loads of of uh, transcripts and loads of like even still there's german uh you know law enforcement that are using this cold case as a, a, a proving ground for for upcoming mm. you know police trainees and stuff like that forensic scientist trainees so it, it is of import but it's not like one of these, you know, old American true crimes. That this is one from fucking olden days Germany. Almost yeah. 100 years old, this case. Still unsolved. And uh, so many twists and turns. Seemed like a family that were kind of destined for darkness. With, like when you look into their history and stuff like that. Yeah. Know? For them to it's end like that was say, no you know? surprise. Yeah. TBF, you know. Um, so before we get into a deep and dark, I uh, just want to let you know, we, we may leave some stuff out. We may, uh, you know, make some mistakes. If we do, if you feel like you want to reach out and uh, touch somebody, info at thoseconspiracyguys.com is the email address. Uh, you can find all the episodes and a whole lot of other stuff, including videos and episodes and articles on thoseconspiracyguys.com. Uh, we're on all the social media. And by all, I mean all the fucking social media. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Reddit, Pinterest, Me, uh, Mix, Vero, Snapchat, fucking, I don't know what else, LinkedIn, if you're feeling saucy. Uh, so uh, anything that has a social media thing we're on it either at T Conspiracy Guys or those slash those Conspiracy Guys um, I like to keep an, uh, you know a social media presence if anyone wants to get, get in contact with me I don't post on everything all the time but the big ones will be Facebook Twitter Instagram and Reddit uh, and then there's a few other weird 
websites like Anchor and um, you know Mix, which used to be StumbleUpon. I like to throw stuff up there. Uh, so if you're if you use them on the reg, you can see some Dustin conspiracy guy stuff there. The community lives in an app called Discord. So it's a, a, a kind of a, a reconstituted gaming server app where you can have all of the subject broken up by channels and there's audio and video capabilities as well as text. <clears throat> so if you want to chat with any of the other fans or, you know, uh, some of the episodes come out and you want to chat about it, jump into the channel. Hey, what's going on here? Everybody joins in. It's great crack. There's uh, over a thousand people in there now all having the bants and they're all TCG fans. So they know the crack, the inside jokes and all that. So get onto Discord. The links will be in the description below or... Uh, you can DM me and I'll send you over one. If you are a Patreon subscriber, you can hook up your Discord and your Patreon together and uh, you get access to loads of other secret stuff. And Patreon's the lifeblood of the show. It's a donation-based service. You throw a few bob at me, keeps me in uh, tea and biscuits and keeps the lights on. And it's uh, my full-time job now. Patreon.com slash those conspiracy guys. This podcast is the shizzle and you're making it that. So Patreon, uh, you can start from like $2 a month and you subscribe, you give, you know, money for your creator to make his creation. And uh, for what you get in exchange is you get access to live chats to be once a month for everybody. And then at the higher tiers, you get more exclusive chats. You get early access to videos, you get outtakes, you get behind the scenes vlogs earlier than everybody else. Um, you get access to secret Discord channels, as I said. Uh, if you want to get your hands on some t-shirts, I think I mentioned the Clinton, uh, <laughs> Clinton t-shirt. Uh, that's out right now tpublic.com slash those conspiracy guys and uh any you know anything like i said any corrections or anything you want to say if you want to help me out even if you can't like i don't mind just listen to the show it's okay if you can't give any money i get a lot of people emailing me saying hey man i'm a student i'm sorry i can't afford to do so. like that's totally fine man but if you can and you've listened to for 500 hours of podcasts and videos and back catalog stuff and all that kind of crack i would appreciate it if you help me out buy me a beer it's five bucks roll it up, throw it up the internet and you can help make a podcast into a TV show into uh, I don't know what, multifaceted, multimedia, multi-million dollar, super content creation powerhouse. I really, like, I can feel it in my heart. It's happening. My heart is swelling like cholesterol. It's happening. Gofundme.com slash TCGTV. Um, so with all that out of the way, let's get into a, a, a hint or kaifek. So these guys in... Uh, in in Kaifek in behind a, Kaifek in behind Kaifek yeah in 1922 uh, a small hamlet in Germany called Kaifek had this equally small farm called Hinterkaifek which is the German for behind hinter behind the Kaifek and uh, in between the towns of Inkelstadt and Schropenhausen and you can't not say those such good pronunciation oh thank you schön. um this little spot was 43 miles north of Munich and the family that were there with the Grubers, uh, 63-year-old Andreas Gruber, uh, raised his family and made his living as a farmer. And on the eve of the 1st of April, a most gruesome murder took place at this farmhouse and almost wiped out the entire family. They found uh, four bodies in the barn, two in the house. Boo. Bad news, man, and they're all bludgeoned to death. Not good. With a hammock. <laughs> with a, a mattock. A mattock. Yeah, that's what it's called. It's like a, it's like a nice pick or a pickaxe. Be tough with a hammer, couldn't it? Yeah, I'm gonna just strangle you to death. <laughs> just get you in it and spin swing you around, it, loads. swing you. Yeah, squeeze some juice out of you. It's weird, man. I like Gruber. I mean, his ancestors later on went on to take over the Nakatomi Plaza in Chicago. Didn't know that. Yeah, they took it over. Um, Not surprising, as I didn't even know. 
Yeah, he uh, Hans uh, Gruber was the man's name, and they took over the Nakatomi Plaza in a kind of a domestic terrorism type thing, and then a reluctant uh, Chicago policeman called John McLean ended up fight, uh, fighting back. Uh, die hard. Yeah, he was. He he did. He did. But he never did actually die hard. He, well, he fell off the. Yeah. Ah, fell off the thing. The new die hard is coming out now. It's called McLean. The name was because they were getting confused with die hard for uh, die another day. Should have had his own chips, really, shouldn't he? <laughs> I remember such a rip off McCain. Uh, he got he got oven cooked. Uh, yeah, oven cooked John McLean. Gruber was like. You know, uh, how would you say, a cantankerous man? Yeah, he was a cranky old cunt, and he was unpopular with his neighbours, and he was considered, you know, greedy and you know, selfish. Sleeping with your daughter will probably do that. You yeah, know, like the old neighbours like, have a bit of a dislike to you. Ornery, I think people call it. Ornery. Ornery. That Andreas Gruber is some ornery, ornery uh, old so and so. That Andreas Gruber. Yeah, it's a guy who fucks his daughter. It also didn't help that there was, you know, the rumours of him fucking his daughter yeah. at the time. And now she was 35 when they were murdered. So she wasn't exactly a... Spring chicken. Know, yeah, a young... A young a, a be- like, I guess sleeping with your daughter at any age is probably bad. But if you're 35 no and doubt. you're still sleeping with your dad, I guess that's your choice then at that point. I suppose you could be like psychologically affected and... Yeah, you could be in a... In a like a non-basement type mm. Elizabeth Fritzel relationship. Although it is kind of strange that, because um, she spent some time in prison, didn't she? They both? A sli- yeah, slightly, yeah. For 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 like incest. Both of them were convicted. Well, yeah, I mean. Just weird that she didn't the, come out village, and say like, oh, you know, yeah. I'm being forced here. Obviously fear, I think everyone, fear everyone, maybe had something to do with it. Everyone said like, here, she's a 35-year-old woman. She's not, she's probably able to make her own mind up. Yeah. Um, If she was like, 12 you'd be like ah come on even at like 17 mm. you're like mm, come on that's not cool especially when the, the dad's like more than 25 years older than her yeah. you're kind of going like yeah let's let's look a little bit closer at this relationship yeah. but she's a fucking grown ass woman and uh, you know there was rumours even that he was the father of her second child Joseph, Joseph. who was a two year old baby at the time of the murders and because uh, she had been married, hadn't she? Uh, she was married before, and uh, in 1922, April Fool's Day, the Grubers all went missing from uh, from the town's day to day carry on. The kids weren't going <coughs> to school. Uh, she also had another another daughter, and the daughter wasn't going to school. People didn't see the Grubers around town. They're like, "Hey, where where are the Grubers at?" And it's a small enough town, a small enough community. If people were missing, you'd kind of you know, "Hey, where are they gone?" And uh, the local postman noticed that nobody was around picking up the mail out of the post box. So, like, on the third day, he went up and he's, like, knocking on the window and being like, Hey, Grubas, your mail is getting cold in the mailbox. Come you on. Never out. paid your TV license. <laughs> yeah. Come out and get your mail. And he was knocking on the windows. But there was smoke coming out of the chimney and, you know, nobody's answers. But, yeah, they're probably just, you know, having an owl. I wonder was the postman ever suspected? I wonder. We didn't think about that. I didn't. Yeah, I don't think going postal was a thing at the time. But it's always, that's like saying that, you know, the runners that are running through the forest and they yeah. find the body. It's like, it's always the fucking runners to find yeah, the body. Yeah. Be a great cover if you're a murderer. So oh, I just many found other, this body. So many other places to run. Like, yeah. Fairness. Past all these uh, 
dead bodies <laughs> in the woods. So postman knocked on the door, nobody there. Uh, but the, again, the chimney was, smoke was coming out of it. The fire was on. He was looking into his food on the table. And so he's like, yeah, they're fucking probably here. He's not going to go looking too much into it. He's not a social worker or some shit. But a, a weird one was there was a local handyman who was working with the Grubers who went over on the 4th of April and he worked there for the whole day. He worked there for five hours fixing some machinery. Didn't see any Grubers. Like, where the fuck are the Grubers at? No mention of dogs either. Do you not think that's a bit funny for like a farm? No no dogs. There was dogs. No German shepherds. There was dogs, but Patrolling. they weren't. Um, they were like kind of, you know, outside dogs mm. and they were able to go off and do their own thing. But I guess after four days, they'll be like, you got to drop a water. Yeah. Or a bit of pedigree, chum. Like, I don't know what that handyman was at four days after they died. It was mm. very cold, so I guess the body's not smelling. He's fixing machinery for five hours. He doesn't see any Grubers. He just knows I'm supposed to go over and do this thing. Does the thing. No Grubers around. Okay, goes home. Marked it down as being weird. And in the investigation after the murder said so. Because obviously you'd be a suspect. Yeah. In that case, the cops were coming to him and going, hey, what's the fucking crack? And they had a maid as well, didn't they? Wasn't there like a new maid that had just started or something? Yeah, they did. On on the same, like the day before, this Maria Baumgartner is her name. And dodgy, dodgy. Well, I'm just feeling dodgy there straight away. I I think it was just a coincidence. Like, I don't think, I don't want to get off the fence yet, but I don't think Maria Baumgartner, I don't think she was culpable in any way because she just, also got killed just, yeah true bad luck I mean there are some theories and we'll go into them in a second but uh, three neighbours went to visit the Grubers to see where they had gone on the same day on April the 5th and they went in all the doors were locked and I suppose like there was a weird atmosphere in 1922 Germany in a poor farm town you know these people are not exactly going to Tarmelinas on holidays they were getting a lot of visits for people who weren't that popular weren't they well it's a small town and I guess to be important enough to, like, I mean, it doesn't matter if you're a cunt, people will still be like, mm. you have a wife and you have a daughter living with you and then there's two small children in the Fair house. Fair enough, yeah. So people are going like, Too especially... Harsh. It was a bit harsh there, was he? Well, I mean, especially with the reputation of Andreas Gruber being a <laughs> an incestuous, like, sex pest. Yeah. So people were going like, maybe just flipped out and killed everybody because they wouldn't yeah, have sex yeah. with them. So it could be, I think Andreas Gruber was like of questionable integrity, let's say. So they were all over knocking on the door and they broke into the house and they broke into the barn and they found four dead bodies in the barn and another two in the house. So Andreas, his wife, Kazilla or Kazilia, at 72 years of age, uh, his daughter, Victoria, who was 35 and her daughter, Kazilia as well, was seven years of age, all found dead in the barn. And then the new maid, Maria Baumgartner, she was found dead inside the house in a bed. And then the two-year-old Joseph was found in his cot with his head smashed in. Horrific. Dead like, as well. Fairness. Like, wiped out. And if you're if you the neighbour landing in like, well, fuck. Have you any milk? <laughs> nah, no, a cup of sugar. <laughs> oh no, you've no face anymore. Sorry. Like, that's fucked up, right? Would you take the milk anyway? If it, I mean, it was there five days. Yeah, probably. that's true, yeah. But it was cold. Yeah. It was like cold Germany at the time. Depends. Cold. I don't know. Is it is it like bad form to drink drink a dead man's milk? True. You're not actually something. drinking his milk though. Maybe like the milk. <laughs> Different milk a dead man, did you? So when the, the Grubers were found, I mean, brutally. <laughs> I, I don't mean to laugh, but like 
There was a lad in the house for five days, fucking doing a few odd jobs, and he didn't see anybody, didn't hear anybody, didn't think it was weird. The postman was around, he didn't think it was weird. Like, six people are missing from your town. Like, in Sligo, are you from a big town? Small town called Kulani. Now, you wouldn't exactly call your man, like, the ultimate guard dog now or anything, would you? No, I don't think so. But if you were in Kulani, and someone from up the road from you wasn't seen for a few if it was an old person like think about yeah these people are in the late 60s early 70s there's kids in the house there's old people in the house they're they're at risk type people hmm. so if you're like do you know the way in the winter time they always say like keep an eye on your neighbors and stuff like if you start smelling something weird <laughs> it's probably too late or whatever do you know like go in and ask them are they all right call into them in the evening time make sure to have the heating turned on before they're dead like that's yeah they don't fall asleep in the chair in the middle of the night with no heating and no yeah. blanket and then they don't they wake up dead in the morning Do you i know, know it's it's suspect like isn't it if you were in kurani and somebody didn't show up to mass will people start asking questions well i live in a small little community well i used to have my parents live there now but yeah i'd say we'd know all our neighbors on you know, be good good buddies like with everybody around the area and you'd know if somebody hadn't been seen for four or five days you'd be like Where's where's Billy? Where's Ch- where's Tommy? Yeah, well probably more so back in those days because Yeah you know, there was no technology or nothing like that, you know what I mean? Yeah, if you if you said you were gonna be somewhere and then you weren't there, people are asking questions, there's no yeah. like text that'd be late or whatever. You'd be just expecting to see them out around them because they were remote. They lived in a remote little area like so. It's a real rural type place, like so if you didn't show up people have, I think a fucking whole family man gone. Like, yeah. So what happened was they found them. They sent word to uh, the town of Wangan, which is a real town. <laughs> and uh, a young lad went off on a bike. They sent him off to Wangan to tell the people, come on, the fucking Grubers are brown bread. And uh, the whole he called the mayor and the police from Munich came down and dozens of people from the village came all trampling through the house. That was good, uh, good uh, forensic evidence care, yeah, wasn't it? just fucking smashed everything up. Started walking through the snow, ruined all the footprints. And they were getting a good old gawk at the dead bodies and seeing what was going on. Because I presume it's like a really big deal for that to happen mm. back then. Because it wouldn't be happening in small towns. So, uh, I mean, in 1922, there wasn't exactly top of the line forensic examinations you know, they weren't ruining. <laughs> when you go into like a, a crime scene now, it's like, don't touch anything, especially not any of the cum. Because, like, that, that come could definitely put someone in jail in 20 Don't years stand time. in the footprints in the snow. Yeah. <laughs> Don't piss in the footprints in the snow. But these were just, they wrecked the play. It was like fucking, uh, um, do you know, like a, a, an art installation. Like, let's go and see the dead bodies. So autopsies were carried out the Gruber family. And investigations found that all the victims were slain with a pickaxe or a mattel. Uh, it was homemade uh, on the night of March 31st. And they discovered that seven-year-old Kazelia had survived the initial attack. So there was an attack. But she pulled her hair out or something, didn't she? She did. She was wounded mortally. And she rolled around on the ground and pulled out lumps of her hair and scalp. For, investigators say, possibly hours That's before she died enough. of shock. <clears throat> now... What would happen to you well, as you're lying dying in, in a barn in the cold? What would have to happen to you for you to pull your hair out? Do you know, like she probably, like she didn't witness her her family being killed because allegedly they were, they were brought out one by one or coaxed out of the house one by one. So she wasn't seeing her family getting... So she must have just like slowly went 
or not slowly, very quickly went insane over the course of a few days while lying there half dead and then I mean, pulled her own hair out in frustration. Yeah, it says over hours, like, but how many hours does it take to, to die from those wounds and why would you pull your hair out? So the, uh, I guess the phenomenon of, of hair pulling uh, called trichotillomania is uh, the compulsive pulling out of hair, eyebrows and eyelashes. But it's not like conclusively linked with immediate trauma, but it is linked with uh, long-term trauma. Some studies have shown it to be associated with, in, uh, in fact, childhood trauma and PTSD from stuff happening when you were very young, uh, like a pet dying or a family member dying or seeing something awful or being in a car crash or being in some kind of traumatic event. And later on in life, you get people and they pull their hair and it's tricked to telomania and you, you can pull out all the hair the, like the whole hair in your whole head so you think it was just like something that you had in her like that it was it was it was going to come out at some stage as far as i know the trick to telomania that i've seen online is like they take one or two little strands they just punk and they just oh, and it's a satisfying like oh yeah point and it comes out you know would it be really bad to say like maybe she's born with it <laughs> maybe it's tricked to telomania <laughs> It's 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 a it's a queer thing to have. Like you're you're pulling your fucking hair out, and there's there's stuff online you can look online, and it's like, you know, twelve year old girls pull it out. Some people even with trichotillomania, some people uh, eat the hair. They pull it out and then they eat it, and they've had to have there's like uh, men and women have had to have operations to pull the like clumps of hair out of their gut because it's been in their in their digestive system after eating it. I had a good feeling. Yeah, it was a hairy moment, but it's it's one of those things where like. You're trying to figure out why this kid pulling out clumps like this was like clumps yeah, no, that of is hair beyond fucked and up, scalp like, like beyond. pulling the scalp off. Her. <clears throat> so like, and they noticed that she did it herself. It wasn't the 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 assailant or the murderer that did it because she had clumps of hair with bits of scalp in her hands as she died. Well, look, I guess if you're lying there and everybody around you is dead, and you're the only one that's left alive, and you're looking at them, and you're seven, and you're seven, you're literally going to be pulling your hair out. That's. No. I think that's if, as fair. If there was ever a case for pulling your hair out, yeah, it's as it. fair of, of an assessment as can be. Like, I mean, fucking hell! Like the trauma of it is probably of seeing your like your parents are lying around you with their fucking heads all smashed in. Is it? Enough, I mean, does anybody out there know anything about trauma like that? Does, do you know? Like, is there an explanation for this kind of thing? Um, according to the investigation, uh, the the uh, the murders, like the family, were lured out of the house one by one I don't how did it come to that conclusion I Like I can't figure out I Lord to, yeah I listened to a bunch of podcasts that said like yeah they came out one by one like presumably because of the extent of the injuries I would think <clears throat> the extent of the injuries and the extent of the force necessary to do that he's not exactly doing it like you know uh, uh, Mr. Miyagi and the Karate Kid taking on five kids at once yeah where he's like here's one for you here's one for you like one for you it was I'm killing you 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 next and then they came in and then she gets fucking seven smacks in the head do you know like it was obviously a concentrated effort mm. so presumably one by and one a noisy effort a noisy effort one but that's where they're like didn't I hear somebody getting hit in the head with a pickaxe around here 47 times open the barn door thump you get a fucking pickaxe in the, in the skull like I, I can't understand how you could find out if it's if it's one by one they were all moved afterwards and they're all dragged over to the wall and covered so I mean like you'd have to say 
it wasn't a, it wasn't like a massacre we went in and, yeah. and did all that stuff like you would think they might have been lying in the bed at night and he'd come in and do it when they were asleep if, the, if no, the old footprints in the snow kind of was anything to go by like you'd wonder how good the investigation actually was really at the time and stuff you that's know that's what I mean like how could like it's mostly true interviews yeah um who knows it might have not might have been more than one <clears throat> assailant yeah that's I mean, very if there true. was two or three people that could do it two at a time or whatever. Because there's three adults and one child in the barn and an adult and a baby in the house. Yeah. All fairly brutally smashed up in bits. Like, um, from the autopsies, Cazelia, uh, who's the wife, 72, uh, she was strangled and then her head was bashed in from all angles. Uh, Andreas, the father, Andreas Gruber, had his face entirely smashed in. So his whole skull was smashed in. So that could be like a first initial blow, lies like fall on your back, and then you just like fump, 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 smash the face in. You need a bit of time to do that if you had like. But they never found any weapons, or, wife. Did, or did they find when when the house was raised to the ground? Yeah, they smashed the farm up and they and they dug up the whole place and and destroyed all the buildings. And eventually, then they were like, "Oh yeah, here's the murder weapon," but at the time they didn't know what it was, you know. Mm. So like, if you were smashing up some lad's face. And his wife is still there. She's probably going to be dragging out of your arms. Like, it's going to be awful difficult. That's how they presumed they did it one by one. Mm. But it still seems weird, right? Yeah, it's definitely weird. And surely, like, like there had to be some, like, some type of forensic evidence. That well, could be- there was a, a the, the skull of the daughter, uh, Victoria, who's 35. Uh, they used her skull and her injuries to determine that the wounds came from the pickaxe because there was clear uh, star-shaped holes, is the quote. Uh, in her head and face she had seven skull wounds and it was matched to the shape of the claw of the pickaxe so there was like pure pickaxe hole marks that still had the shape so it went like thump clear into her skull and then when when pulled out left the the shape of the the hook on the pickaxe you know like it it sounds uh it it kind of feels like the it was somebody that somebody that was somebody that had some kind of emotional connection, you know. Yeah, it seems passionate. Who knows? It's not like, like it's not like a, a murderer thing, and there was no sexual interference. It was yeah. just somebody had something to fuck against the Krubers. Crime of passion. Yeah, man. The McLeans were over. Yeah, we hate you, Krubers. Us McLeans will get you. Uh, young uh, Cezalia wasn't hit with Home the cooked. same instrument. She wasn't hit with the pickaxe. Mm. She was hit with something else. It seems. And that's maybe why she didn't die instantly. She had a jaw mark. She had a throat slash. So it could have been something sharp she was hit with. Mm. Um, they didn't find the thing that she was hit with, but she had a smashed up jaw and uh, skull fractures and then a cut throat. But the throat wasn't cut deep enough to bleed out to death. Maybe it was just to stop her from screaming. Yeah. It doesn't sound like it was a... A killing blow. It doesn't sound like it was like, you know, that they were that, that they'd be that careful. Like, let's just do a little kind of a, a little yeah. incision now. Let's not kill. The, it was just like, yeah. I missed you. Yeah. So the child didn't get smashed up enough to die. Um, Maria Baumgartner was found upstairs and uh, she was found in the bed. She was the maid. Maid. Uh, only working there a day, raging. And then the baby, Joseph, two years old, was in the cot in the same room. Uh, Maria, the quote from the investigator's report, Maria was hit, quote, crossways, with crossways blows to the head. Mm. And 
that means obviously you're going like right side, left side, right side, left side. So it's this kind of table tennis. Yeah, with the with the face, and then poor Joseph's head was smashed in from the front as he lay in the cot. Yeah, God, it's so fucked up. The story. So whoever did that? Yeah, I mean they had something. They had something that they like were out to kill. It wasn't just like a oh fuck. You know, I forgot to bring something. I'm gonna have to kill everyone from my. And you know what? They couldn't have been like. Well, I don't know, but your average, surely your average fucking lunatic would leave a few marks or leave a few trails or. But there's no such thing as like a fingerprint database. There's no <clears> forensics. <throat> there's no like, do you know? Now you watch CSI and it's like, I found some cum. Quick, get this. Stick my finger into the computer, <laughs> and it shows up the fucking lad's face in like fourteen seconds. Like there's a hair. <gasps> okay, we can get the DNA and run it through the global database, and it's all like, bling. like this is fucking country Germany. Yeah, but they did think of the country the, guards we have in the towns that we're from in Ireland. Top lads, like top lads. Right, the forensics are coming down. <laughs> Mary's coming down with her bit of pledge and an old chamois letter. How many did you have tonight? <laughs> yeah, the forensic examination is is better in Ireland than it was, but like yeah. it's nowhere near some other countries. If television is to be believed. The old Germans. Hmm. Yeah. I think sometimes, you know, on those CSI shows and all of that stuff. Tony got good at the organisation later. Do you think, do you think that's like counter propaganda? Do you think that the people who make those TV shows about CSI and all this stuff, uh, do you think that they're saying like, we can do this, so don't commit any crimes. And it's just like counter propaganda going like, if you do anything, if you're anywhere ever, we'll know about it. CSI, we dare. Like law and order and all this stuff. It's all like, yeah, we found some contact DNA. You sweated two days beforehand and then you call touched Griffin, something. Call Griffin. Yeah. Put the glasses on. So like they caught fucking Stephen Avery from making the murder. <clears throat> they caught him with some contact DNA. Like his skin cells touched something and they're able to scrape the skin cells. Skin cells off. They scraped skin cells and fucking lamped him on that. And he's in jail for, for some of that shit. And some, some like a drop of blood. So yeah. like that's fucking... Some serious forensic work now. Do you think that that maybe like is overestimated to make us all be like, geez, you can't fucking come anywhere. <laughs> Don't, even if you came at home, like make sure, be caught for it. make sure your pipe is clean. Yeah. Because like if you go for a piss and then like a molecule of cum comes out of the same yeah. pipe and goes somewhere in the bathroom and then somebody dies in that house and they'll do it. There's like, <gasps> this could be something new you could sell on your website. Like, you know, like come, uh, come in a bag or something. Come, come away. <laughs> Get Nora Jones to write the score for the yeah, ad. Yeah. You know? Just make sure you clean your fucking jizz, boys. Come kiss. <laughs> yeah. Come secure. It's weird, man. It's a weird thing. These Taking guys. a weird twist, this little... Uh, yeah, but these guys in the... Like, back in the day, all they could do was go like, Did anyone see it? Did anybody see anything? Anyway, there's nothing we can say that's going to be as fucked dead. up no. as hacking the shit out of five people. <laughs> so, no. So, you know, it's okay. Trying to make light of it. No, the, the weird circumstances, though, surround the murders because it wasn't done as, a, a, like, a robbery gone wrong or you know, any kind of crime of love, passion. Like, we don't know what the crime was, but it definitely wasn't a robbery because there was loads of money found in the house after the killings and it was yeah. in a fairly obvious place. So it wasn't motivated by greed, as it were. People were going like, oh, it's the Grubas. Yeah, they have lots of money from their farm. It is 1922 Germany and we're all poor. Mm. They didn't rob the house. They just killed the people. But there was no one belonging to them that could have done it. Do you know? Where did they... They never really said, like, where they found... I know they're saying, like... Oh, they didn't rob the place because you would have found the money, you know. But like, maybe they were just a really shit burglar. <laughs> you just didn't know where they, anything they, was. They did have a good look around. They were like, I'm not going to wreck the place. I've already mm. killed them. 
No real need. Let's have a little. Where's the picture behind which is the safe? I, this is how I know people have stuff mm. in their house and it's in a fucking biscuit tin under the sink or something. No, I don't think if you're a robber and you're looking for money, you'll find it. No matter where it is. Do you know? Mm. You toss the place. Brutal tossing. Like. Brutal tossing. The bodies of the victims were also covered, which is a weird thing. They were covered with cloth, cloth blankets and clothes. And Would that be because, because um, didn't you say earlier that the killer or killer or killers stayed mm. there for a couple of they said that there was fires lit and there was stuff lit like yeah they stayed there for for it seems a couple of days so maybe they just couldn't bear the thoughts of what they had done and they like covered them over didn't think of that yeah possibly in the amanda knox case i don't know if you ever heard that one it's an american student went on a kind of a, an excursion to italy and she ended up starting going out with this lad called raffaele solecito Jeez, the, mem- the memory's not too bad. And uh, the two of them were alleged to have killed this English girl called Meredith Kircher. I do remember hearing something about this, like, yeah. So they're in their apartment and the apartment is fucking covered in blood and someone took a shit in the toilet and everything. <clears throat> the reason that they thought it was a woman and the reason the prosecution uh, in the case in Italy said it was a woman is because the body, while sexually violated, was then, after the murder, covered and a man wouldn't do that. A man is like, I don't care. But a woman has like some kind of, you know. Covering and Guilt, yeah, to cover the boobs and fanny. We've got to cover <laughs> it for guiltiness. We can't, we can't just let her be exposed to the elements. Apparently female murderers do that. They cover them up. I, I would have thought then there might have been like a male-female mm. duo. Like a duo of people who would come and murder them all. That we'll come back around to that later but I never thought that it could be a dude on his own who just like was like fuck I can't even go out to the barn now without seeing them all they're all yeah. lying all over the place so they covered the whole family in, in blankets and in uh, in in spare clothes but this cunt did hang around the t- <laughs> hung around the farm cooked cooked a few dinners fed all the animals including the dogs you see that's the most fucking that's pretty crazy isn't it? It, it's counter it's counter logical to the uh, uh, like unempathetic mm. brutal murder of the families and he's like but the doggies are nice here's the biscuit doggy mm. like there's empathy for animals but not for humans maybe it he seems... knew the animals maybe or maybe he was like if I don't feed them I'm a stranger they'll bite my arsehole out but he slept in the house he made fires in the in the fireplace so the, the chimney was going with smoke he cooked dinners in the fucking house like pasta isn't that weird Probably bratwurst. So you're talking about Germany yeah, yeah. And, and like dark bread. Could have been Italian. <laughs> he came all the way up. I'm going to kill these Germans. But it was weird, like you know, having a fucking sleep in the snooze and staying over in the house. And he put the towel on them like the other fella. <laughs> it's all fucking. It's all adding yeah, up now. That's it. We caught him. Uh, the murder weapon, like I said, uh, was found after a year when the farm was deconstructed. That was the hammock, was it? The hammock. Yeah, the mattock <laughs> is the is the name. It was like a small pickaxe. And it was made, it was homemade by uh, Andreas Gruber. Um, but it was found like in rubble of a uh, demolished <clears> building. So obviously they'd done the thing and then fucked it up in the rafters. And when they pulled the building down, they end up finding it. Didn't and look it too hard, had, did they? Well, I mean, it's German 1922. You had to give him a bit of, mm. a bit of leeway. There was still shit going Surely on. Surely nothing could be in the rafters. Yeah. Maybe if you should check uh, everywhere. No, that's too much work. You would think though that like a German police force would be quite efficient that they would look in more places mm. um, they managed to find all them Jews <laughs> wherever they're in the attic and in the basement but they couldn't find one little pickaxe 
I don't know. They hadn't learned how to do it yet, maybe. They hadn't got their technique down. Yeah, it was only 22. It wasn't, uh, by, by 1942, <clears throat> like 20 years later, they were fucking class at finding stuff. Is there Jews down there? Hello? So, uh... Shocking, f- shocking. <laughs> I know. They found, the, they found the, the, the pickaxe anyway, and they were able to match it then with the holes in Victoria's skull, and they were like, yep, yeah, this is the crack. But, I mean, that's a pretty grim find a year later. Like a jigsaw. <laughs> like, which one goes well? Yeah, yeah. Get her skull. It fits. Uh, Victoria was a 35-year-old widow. And her husband apparently died in World War One, And she moved home to be with her family. With her kids. Sound. Yeah. She had a short fling. She only had one child. She uh, had a few short fuse as well. This is Kazelia. I, I think so. So she had a short fling with a man uh, called Lawrence Schittenbauer. That's his real it's name. ominous as fuck there now. <laughs> Lawrence Schittenbauer, who was uh, the man who, who ironically pioneered the search party when the family went missing. They were the ones that knocked on the door. <laughs> Grubas, are you home, Grubas? And they weren't home. They were brown bread lying out in the fucking barn. But Lawrence Schittenbauer, who was practically the next door neighbor, came in. I want to find them. Obviously, because he's kind of still in love with Victoria. They were having a bit of a fling going good, on. Good Samaritan. Just a nice German neighbor. Yeah. And, uh, you know. Why Schittenbauer on your own doorstep? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it was little Joseph's birth certificate that brings Lawrence more into this story. And more maybe into the firing line of guilt. Because mm-hmm. on Joseph's birth certificate, there was the initials LS in the father column. Now, as we said earlier on, some people thought that maybe there was a little bit of uh, incest is best, forget the rest. Yeah. But Lawrence was put on the birth certificate to allay people's suspicions, possibly. It wasn't lovely Sheila. It wasn't. It wasn't uh, Long Sally. It was Lawrence Schittenbauer. I am the father. And little Joseph, I don't know if he looked like Lawrence. It doesn't say anything in it. Like, why was there such a suspicion that... Uh, the the granda was in fact the father, and uh, the, old, the old incest might have. Yeah, but I mean, seventy one though, wasn't he? Yeah, he was sixty sixty eight, and the wife was seventy two. But at sixty eight, you can still father children. Oh, yeah. No bothers, like yeah. Do you know it's all still working? And uh, it could, it could have been because Andreas had interfered in the relationship between Victoria and Lawrence, mm. and ended up having Lawrence have to leave. And because he couldn't wait around so long, it was, you know, you know, it was young. You're in your 30s in Germany. You're not married in 1922. Like, you're fucking... He got married again, though, didn't he? He did. He ended up getting married to a different woman. Mm. And they couldn't conceive a child properly for a long time. And finally, when they did, they had a few pregnancies that ended in birth. And then the the baby died very shortly afterwards. So Mm. they had a bunch of miscarriages. Then they finally got pregnant and then the babies were dying. So he's a man who is looking at a former lover, potential wife of his from years before in a family where he was not wanted. He was shunned and ostracized by the, the by the patriarch of the family who in turn was sexually intimate with the daughter. Like that's a fucking weird yeah. situation to be in. You'd have to say now if the old CSI lads were there to be like motive, motive. It would be a motive. I definitely chalked down LS as one of them. But uh, as soon as Lawrence came on the scene and he was like, come on, we got to find the Grubers. Uh, investigators were looking very carefully at him 
and they even came up with some theories. They said he was jealous at his own wife not being able to have a child. And then the Gruber farm being only a few hundred yards away, uh, he went over there one night to kill them all because he was like, Joseph should be my child. Or maybe he found out that Joseph wasn't his child at some point. Not beyond the reach of the imagination. I mean, that's where I'd be going. That's where I'd be going if I was the guards. Um, Also, this theory would have held water because, in some people's eyes, when he conducted the search of the house, it seemed to them that he was able to look at look at the dead bodies without repulsion. Mm. He was just very matter of fact. He was looking around and he's not like a fucking mortician or anything. He wasn't dealing with dead bodies all the time, but he was like, oh, that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. They all got killed with a pickaxe. Yeah. Um, Tough blow. No pickaxes around here. I don't know. Like that'd be suspicious activity to somebody who's looking at that going, isn't that the guy who was uh, over here having sex with Victoria and then the father kicked him out and now he's over here? I wonder what his alibi was. Hmm. I, it doesn't say, but he definitely does have an alibi. The investigators looked into it and uh, they said that they blamed his strange behavior on a shock and the fact that he knew the place because he was going out with Victoria so long. Like they said, you know this farmhouse and barn very well. Maybe too well. Maybe that's why. You know it because you were over here killing them earlier. Surely they could have matched if it was him, though. Although it does, I can tell it was him, but his footprints to the footprints in the snow. But all the people had already come over. Walk and like trampled, an Egyptian. And trampled over all the fucking shit. Na, na, na. That's what happened. So, you know, now you can do these um, forensic tests to find out how tall the man was, where he hit you. You know what I mean? Like if it was you and me and we were talking. How could he do in a dance off? Like, what are you, 6'1? Six three, yeah. Six three. So I'm like just under six foot, right? Lanky. And if I was to hit you in a, like with a with, with a hammer, let's say in my right hand, I'd have to swing up so it hit you somewhere on the bottom side of your head, you know. But if you yeah. were to hit me with a hammer, it'd come down from the top, so I'd have it on the top left hand side of my head. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they're able to do those kind of forensics now and recreate like where the boom, where the thing went in. So if you're hit by like a five foot woman or you're hit by a six foot six man with like a pickaxe in the fucking head, they'd know, okay, this is from some conclusively, absolutely, this person was hit in the head with X weapon, whatever it is, by this type of person. So if it's a man, like a, a you know, a, a slight man, but it was like buried in there, he'd have to be quite big to be able to guess the weight. And that shit is possible now through, through forensic mm. examination. Back, back then, the day, it's just like... Probably had to kill a couple of hundred people just to figure it out. <laughs> yeah, I think over time, those, that amount of exposure to those type of crimes are able to make a database that's big enough to, yeah. to make that stuff. But back then, it's like, so there's a hole in the skull. And they're go- like a weird jigsaw, like trying to fit the pickaxe into the hole going, yeah, yeah, it's the same shape. Like that's that's how far back we were, you know. So before we go too much further into this grim tale, I wanted to take a little minute to say thanks to Murderbook for sponsoring this show. Murderbook is a new true crime podcast from best-selling author Michael Connolly. Michael Connolly is probably best known for his amazing amount of true crime fiction books in his back catalogue, but now you can get deep into a real true crime case with him in his new podcast, Murderbook. Michael returns to his roots as a journalist, and in his new podcast, he goes on a journey reinvestigating the evidence in true crime cases with the detectives who informed his crime novels and his hit TV show Bosch, which, incidentally, is just about to launch its fifth season, so definitely go and watch that. The Murder Book podcasts covers real cases not covered by mainstream media, and season one of Murder Book is called The Telltale Bullet, and it's 
like six episodes deep right now with a new episode every Monday. And it dives into a 30-year-old Hollywood carjacking gone wrong and details the many twists and turns this real case took. Michael Connolly has unique access to this kind of material. And Murderbook isn't like any other true crime podcast you've heard before. It features wiretaps, witness interviews, court recordings, and interviews and discussions with the actual detectives involved in the case. And the personal relationships between Michael and these detectives is, uh, it's pretty awesome to see it develop. Also for Michael Connolly, I had the pleasure of reading his new book and now number one bestseller, Dark Sacred Night, the second in the Rene Ballard series, which sees Ballard back in the streets of Hollywood investigating the almost cold case of the murder of a teenage girl. Michael Connolly's books have been a staple of bookstore shelves for nearly 30 years, with 32 novels and over 74 million books sold worldwide. And in his books, we follow a selection of detectives, most famously Harry Bosch, through the twists and turns of all these various cases. So Dark Sacred Night centres around the, the newest of these protagonist detectives, Rene Ballard, who we first met in the book The Late Show, which is the nickname for the night shift in Hollywood Homicide, and she's reluctantly assisted by a weary and grizzled Harry Bosch. Bosch pushes in on this case, even though he's stationed in her precinct altogether, and against her will, Ballard goes along with his old-fashioned methods, including the old-style investigative techniques like shake cards and his gruff, no-nonsense attitude to finding justice even outside the law. He's a bullpup. I really enjoyed this book, and I got it on Audible, but it's available anywhere that you can find books online, including Amazon, in paperback and hardcover, or in Kindle. TCG True Crime fans will love it, and when you're done, you can go and listen to Murder Book Podcast for the same fascinating treatment of real-life true crime cases. You can find Murder Book anywhere you find podcasts, and it's blown up over the last few weeks, topping the charts with its first six episodes, so I'd like to thank Michael Connolly for supporting those conspiracy guys. So if you really like the sound of all of this, you can check out Michael Connolly's new Murder Book podcast on Apple Podcasts or wherever you find podcasts. And if you get deep into it, you can head to murderbookpodcast.com for loads of bonus material like photos, videos, and transcripts to get you right into the case of the Telltale Bullet. And if you've already listened to it, and you've already listened to Dark Sacred Night, you can go and pre-order the next book in the Bosch and Ballard series now, called The Nightfire, which is out in October. All the links for everything I mentioned will be in the description below. And thanks again to Michael Connolly for supporting those conspiracy guys. Now, back to the show. So Schittenbauer had an alibi when he was investigated by uh, uh, the police at the time. And, uh, you know, his his relationship with Victoria was in question. Mm. And I guess he remained a... Uh, a high probability suspect, but they just couldn't get the evidence to 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 stick it to him. So he could have got away with it. And, he, right? and he did. And he, I mean, obviously he did. He's brown bread now and nobody knows what the crack is. Mm. But the strangest part of the whole story and the thing which I think has kept it in the minds of true crime fans and kept it in podcasts for almost 100 years, uh, you know, because it's just like a bunch of fucking dead farmers in Germany. It's no one famous. It's just some weird... Yeah, some X-Files shit. Like, just people just died in a barn. Why are we still talking about 100 years later? There were some mysterious footprints found on the farmlands. These were... Mysterious. What's the difference between kind of normal footprints and... (laughs) Mysterious footprints. I don't know. The mysterious ones. These particular ones... Only go one way? Were going out... Yeah, they were going out of the farmhouse Mm. into the woods, but there was none coming back in. So, who Ah. who was there? How did they get into the farm without leaving footprints and how did they get out? Like, they had come in at one point, then the snow had covered their footprints and then they walked out at another point. So obviously there was some stranger in the house for a period of time. Like, that's... Do you know what I mean? If you yeah. see footprints going away from your house but none coming towards it, you're like, what the fuck? Was there something about the daughter, though, like ran away at some stage as well? Like- she did. Victoria ran away and uh, they were all out looking for her. 
the whole family out looking for her going like where did she go now why she ran away is unclear that wasn't said could it have been an unwanted sexual advance from her father she could have been just mad for a run yeah <laughs> i just want to get out of here and feel the winter wind on my face so she ran outside and when the whole family were out looking for her some weird bastard left a brand new newspaper on the doorstep and then when Andreas came back to the house, he saw there's a fucking newspaper here and none of us bought it. What's the crack? But maybe everybody in that house was so afraid of him that it wasn't that. Like maybe somebody else had just bought the newspaper and they're like, oh, don't tell father. Yeah. Because he'll do what he does. Yeah, maybe he was just freaking out. And I think there's yeah. a, the what, like, I guess with sexual abuse, there's also like violence also goes hand mm. in hand with that. So it would be like a few smacks around and then a little rape now and again. So like he was I'm a scumbag, sure and then he started yeah. maybe he possibly he started interfering with the kids. To perhaps there had been some mention of like you know oh we're going to tell everybody about this, and then all of a sudden he's hearing everything. Yeah, I think he he probably was like he had a bad enough reputation, and because uh, he and Victoria had already you know done time, let's say for their incestuous relationship, could it be that? he was trying to make sexual advances on her and she ran out into the into the night mm-hmm. and to cover up the fact that like she was running off into the woods and everyone was looking for her they went oh yeah and I found a mysterious paper as well but there were there was like instead of going Andreas why was your daughter running out in the woods in the middle of the night I That's told you weird. never to read the Guardian again yeah, yeah. So he was just trying to cover it by going oh yeah and another weird thing happened footprints in the snow just like arrived just after I tried to rape my daughter mm. like it's fucking there was missing keys as well and something like wasn't there was there like yeah they, they had the keys of the house went missing and there was also the locks on the barn and the sheds outside had been either jimmied and opened or interfered with and like not being able to be opened but there's mm-hmm. no way to tell if they actually got in so that could be it like a fella had come in from the woods footprints on the way in jimmy the lock of the shed close it sleep in the shed more snowfalls covers his footprints wakes up and walks out mm. and then Andreas Gruber gets up in the morning and comes out and goes there's footprints going into the woods but none coming out of the woods what's the crack there was also strange noises in the attic there was uh, you know the sound of footsteps and um, something strange yeah in your neighbourhood calls the ghost busters the ghost in Boston they wanted to get this shit out of their house in who fact, are you going to call shit and bowing <laughs> Uh, the the old maid had only worked there for six months and she was like I'm fucking out of here man this house is haunted was she old was she an old well, no woman? no she was a, like a, a, a young woman but she was like the other maid before Maria Baumgartner came in she was like I'm fucking out man I'm cards on the table I'm done bye she was there for six months and there was so much shit going on in the house could have been her footprints going out into the woods she never came back I couldn't, I couldn't, like, I couldn't falter. If this mm. shit is happening and you're listening to, you know, the people talking about this weird, sexy relationship that they had, listening to fucking Mr. Gruber ride his daughter at night time. She wouldn't have walked to the wood though, would she? Hmm? She would have went on the road. It, you, you the old maid. You know, just, oh, the old maid. Yeah, no, yeah. she she genuinely left. Like, she, she was left. like, I'm yeah. out handing in my notice. It's not like she ran off into the night. But it's like... It's a it's a weird thing for her to have that relationship with that family, like to be in as an outsider. And they're all totally used to it. Obviously, Cazelia Sr., like the granny, kind of knew that Andreas was having yeah. sex with the daughter. 
and then not let it happen because that's that's not fair to say but like didn't stop it or like didn't make it difficult for him if it was Mm. happening regularly and by the time she's 35 and they're having like a a consensual relationship so the the other maid uh, Crescent Rieger was with the family for six months and she said to investigators that she had caught like Andreas and Victoria having conversations about the relationship as a, as a couple would and that's fucking cre- that's a bit creepy yeah that's fucked up do you know and especially if you were Lawrence Schittenbauer yeah and and you knew around the town obviously Crescent's Rieger the old maid uh, she wasn't keeping her mouth shut she was she quit and people are like why did you why did you quit out of the Gruber's house and she's like because they're fucking fucking each other up in the house they're always fucking each other was was your one married at another, at some stage before though? Well? So, so, like, what happened to her old husband? Yeah, she had an old husband, uh, and his name was Carl Gabriel, and he was presumed to have died in action in World War One. But some people think that he may have come back to kill the incestuous father, knowing the relationship that they had, and uh, he's never been found since. And the likelihood of him actually coming back is probably pretty low. Definitely no. But, yeah, absolutely no. But it wouldn't be, you know unheard of for a man to come home and kill everyone in the fitter age yeah especially to see that like you know uh andreas and victoria in an incestuous relationship they were caught rotten by you know crescent's rieger and even in in 1907 andreas and victoria were lamped for an incestuous <laughs> you were lamped for an incestuous relationship You're lamped 15 years before this murder happened mm. Uh, but there's reports of abuse from Victoria from as early as 1903 when she was just 16 when she went to the authorities and went listen my dad's fucking sexually assaulting me for years so like 1922 this happens and she's saying it's happened since 1903 so that's nearly 20 years of abuse that Andrea's uh, uh, Gruber is inflicting on his daughter Victoria and I mean when she gets married she's married in her mid-twenties her husband goes off to war if he did come back, obviously he's heard about all of these stories. He was sexually assaulting her right up until 1907 because they got arrested for it and that's on the mm. record. So she's like 20 years of age and she's going to jail for a month. He went to jail for a year. Like that's that's fucked up. That, yeah, that, that was still going on all <clears throat> into her 20s and it was like she was blamed for it too. So when she's getting married at like 22 or 3, that's obviously going to come up. I guess you don't know like what... I guess, like, uh, how they rolled back in those days, you know, like, basically, what, like, was your man, like, a man of stature in the community, or was he a man of money? Carol. Fa- car- you know? Yeah. Um, I couldn't find much on him. I yeah. just found that he was married, and that he went off to World War One, and that was the end of him. But even the father, I mean, Andreas, like, that... Yeah, I'd say, I know, think, they were, for, for the area, like, they were wealthy enough. They were wealthy yeah. enough to store money in their house. Yeah, so, I mean, yeah. you're a farmer, you got some, you know, farmers get a few bob... It can be fleeting at times, but like, there's always money floating around that farm somewhere. I guess like if you're like a young woman or doesn't matter, a young man or a young woman and you're living in a, an, an area like that and it's very rural and very yeah. remote and your your outfit is just the, the man with the money mm. and everything kind of revolves around your house and stuff like, it'd be very difficult to leave that situation anyway, you know. For Victoria. So maybe, yeah, so maybe like yeah. you'd, you'd feel so trapped that even like, even After a prison sentence, you yeah. still come back, like, you know. Yeah, I think what happened, like, 
by all accounts and by what I've surmised from the story that the way it was being told on all these different websites and there was a couple of books as well like when she got out of prison she was off looking for her husband to get the fuck out of the house but when her husband went off to war and then she gets a letter from like <laughs> he was fighting for the Germans in World War One. like they're not exactly the winners so obviously a lot of people in Germany got letters and uh, she's getting a letter going like your husband's dead he's not coming back you're gonna start making provisions not exactly orange is the new black is it She's not, it's not Piper getting a, getting a cushy number. Like the child is seven. He went off in 1914 and this is 1922. Like do the maths. Like mm. she just got pregnant by this guy and then he's off to war. And then very soon after she gets a letter going, he's dead. So she's sitting there probably still pregnant, if not with a babe in arms going like my husband just died. Now I'm going to have to go back to my family home for support to my abusive father and just lived there and she lived there for seven years yeah and probably fathered a child to mm. her, or, or probably bore a child to her father as well do you know go like that's say it the way you were going to say it. yeah father the child for her father i said is is that like that's that's like that's broken like that's obviously you know like you say you go back to the stuff that you know and if it's your home you're probably going back and hoping like oh please yeah but if she's in a life, this is the other narrative that could have happened. Like if she's in a life where her dad's been <clears> abusing <throat> her her whole life, right? At least when she was 16. But if you're abusing your daughter at 16, you're probably doing it earlier than that too. I don't mm. know if anybody who does that like waits until they come of age and then starts going at it. So she has a seven young seven-year-old daughter. I doubt she'll be getting the answers in the comments section. Yeah. <laughs> Any, I don't think there's anyone <laughs> out there. I hope yeah, not. Jesus Christ. But like, <clears throat> from everything, all the true crimes we've done before and all the stuff we've looked at, like it's not usually the way. The, it usually starts quite young. So like Victoria Gruber is bringing up a young girl in a house that has harbored sexual abuse for a long, long time. Mm. Here's a, here's an idea. Maybe Andreas Gruber had Kazilia, the younger, out in the barn and uh, Victoria came out of the house and caught them. And in the struggle, Andreas swiped at the child with something he picked up and Victoria took the yoke and smashed her dad's face in. And then the ma and the daughter ended up fighting and and killing each other. It just wouldn't explain going in and smashing the little kid's skull in inside the two-year-old. I don't think any of them would have the, you know, I don't think they could have that. And even if they were going to do it, they would have done it. You know, it was just very... It was too violent for anyone who would have loved a child, you know? Yeah, I guess Victoria, it was, yeah, I suppose. Good shot, though, good shot. Yeah, fuck it. Shit, I forgot about the inside house. It was said that Victoria had seven wounds to her skull, seven big-ass wounds, so seven big holes, star-shaped holes in her skull. She's not doing that to herself. Yeah. Now, what, what I thought, and I didn't read it anywhere, and we were talking about this before we started, maybe, possibly, perhaps, per maybe... Maria Baumgartner, the new maid who started the day before the murders. Maybe she had a shady past. Maybe her past caught up with her. Mm. Do you know? Why the, did she start there? Why was she just, why had she just arrived? Well, and well this is the thing. Like, we don't know the, anything about her. The investigation into the murder was considered ahead of its time because of the procedure and process. And the police went after dozens of leads and even interviewed up to over a hundred men. To see if they could find out what the crack, instead of just like burying this embarrassingly ironic 
the embarrassingly unsolvable case, uh, as most did in those times, and even up until the 50s and 60s and 70s. Like, a lot of these true crime cases that we look at on this show, it's just, like, people, uh, like, cops just going, ah, fuck it, just, like, be grand, just bury it, look, make it go away. So they don't have to, like, look at this unsolved mm. case sitting in the outre. Uh, but the bodies were found in blankets or in clothes, which is very unusual for these murders. And Maria Baumgartner, and this is why my theory maybe, you know, at least possible, at least in the smallest way possible. Uh, Maria Baumgartner was found placed on the bed, strangled, and her head was, she was strangled first and then her head was bludgeoned in. Mm. And then the baby was in the cot with his skull smashed in. But, you know, all of the rest of the information that you get is just conjecture and it's led by the theories that people came to at the time through local rumour and sparse evidence. And nobody had anything about Maria Baumgartner because she was unknown, Right. So some say that it could have been a murder-suicide, like we talked about. Some say that it could have been the Victoria's husband coming back. It could have been your man, uh, uh, Schittenbauer, who did it because he was like a jealous lover and they had another child and he Terrible was married. Name. Shit, shit name. Schittenbauer name. But like, maybe it was because he couldn't have a baby with his wife and he was coming in. Or maybe somebody from Maria Baumgartner's history was violent. Maybe she was wanting to escape that life. Mm. <clears throat> you know, similar to Victoria, maybe her family was a bit fucked up and she had a couple of weird brothers or she had an ex-boyfriend with a couple of mates who were just like, I'm not having Maria swanning around the place here. So maybe she got a new job and they went, you're not fucking getting away from us. Working in a bank. Yeah. And they came in. Making lots of money. <laughs> fucking nine to five. Giving it to Frank. Yeah, it's it's uh, it, it, it's possible that somebody came looking for Maria, mm. found her, strangled her, bludgeoned her head, and they went right. The rest of them were going to have to go, like found out where she was, and that's something that was never speculated in the documentaries that I watched, in the books that I read. But it's obviously like so weird that the house was raised to the ground. They smashed the house, they smashed the farm, they destroyed everything, and that uh, there was a shrine then to the Grubers. And Maria Baumgartner put in its place. But there's also a memorial to the Grubers in Weidhofen Cemetery. Weidhofen? Weidhofen and sometimes closed at night time. Uh, this Weidhofen Cemetery holds the bodies of the Grubers and the body of Maria Baumgartner. So why is her body there too? Did she not have a family to go back to? Did she not have anyone who would like to have her, you know, have a grave for her? I guess that might not be so unheard of after the first world war you just bury anywhere in a hole anywhere possibly your family were dead possibly yeah it's still very weird still very, very weird. weird and all of them were buried without their fucking heads as well hey all the heads of the grubers and maria baumgartner were removed and they were all put in i guess boxes and sent to uh munich but that's just fucking forensically analyzed because the head was the only bit that was attacked uh, the heads then were lost during the upheaval of the post-war era and they were never returned to the bodies so that the Grubers and Baumgartners all had to be buried in White Offen Cemetery without any fucking skulls. Like, that's fucked up. And I wouldn't I wouldn't wonder why the locals are like, does anybody know if the Grubers' heads came back in the post? No? Oh, shit. They all died and then can't have their heads. But Can we get a discount on the coffin? Yeah, we get slightly shorter coffin just to the shoulders. Yeah, they are going to definitely haunt all of us for chopping off their heads and sending yeah. them to Munchen. Like it seems 
a fucked up thing to do to a body, but I guess that's the forensics at the time. They couldn't do it in, in you know, Ingolstadt. So they had to send it all the way to Munich. Yeah. Um, they probably <clears throat> destroyed the farm. The locals probably destroyed the farm because they're like, we don't, <laughs> we don't want this awful thing yeah. to, around us to be reminded. And there was nobody that had any claim to the land because all the family were dead. So they're just like, yeah, it's just... Sure, it could have been like teenagers. Bulldozer. Kids growing up or something. could have just like burned the place down or... You know, if it was yeah. a wreck at that stage. Yeah, anyway. yeah. They don't, you don't want to leave like yeah. un, untended land and buildings or it could have been some squatters or somebody came yeah. in like some mad shit could have. But I mean, I, I do think that there is some kind of emotional weight behind destroying it. And I've, there's definitely something weird about Maria Baumgartner being buried with them. Maybe somebody can, somebody from Germany can enlighten me. I know we, in the Jim Morrison episode, we talked about um, French burial kind of customs and whatever. Mm. Do you know in like Père Lachaise, you know, where Jim Morrison is buried, that you have to buy, you, know, you rent your your plot, your grave, like you have to pay rent for it. So you can rent it for 50 years or 100 years. Nothing's, nothing's free, even debt. Nothing's free, man. And then if you run out and you, there's nobody left alive to pay the rent for your bones to stay in this, you know, this grave, they'll dig you up and whatever's left of you, they'll shake out all the muck and if whatever bone bits are left, they'll scrape them all up and they put them in a little box and then you go down the back shed and you get put on a shelf in the back shed and that's your resting place for eternity after that like it's like the ultimate insult to a singer song yeah. shelved for life shelved shelved but Jim Morrison bought his bought his plot like indefinitely because obviously the, the estate was rich enough to tr- lob a load of money on it them but bones like, them bones imagine if you're only 30 years in the ground and you're you're Family were like, oh, I can't afford to, I cannot afford to keep him in the ground. You know, you, you're going can to have to dig him up. Can we write a song about that? Yeah, keep, digging up bones? I'm sure we can. I'm sure we can. But that's a fucked up thing that the, that Baumgartner was buried there. Um, investigators were unsuccessful with any real proper suspects. And although they did, they did get two brothers, and this is one I only found in one website. Uh, they got two brothers, Adolf and Anton Gump. Now, this could be bullshit. Mm. I did find it on a link that I got from Reddit. So it could be like made up specifically to fuck with people who are looking this case up. But Adolf and Anton Gump were accused by their dying sister on her deathbed of completing this double or this quadruple uh, barn murder and then the, the death of Maria Baumgartner and the baby upstairs. So it seems like a thing that was done by two people. Does say though, like, on. there was the Statue of Limitations thing, like that there was. But uh, the 20 year kind of thing that they couldn't investigate it anymore. That's what happened by the time this woman said, I think my brothers did it because they're fucking weirdos, the yeah. Gump brothers. Uh, there was no way that it could be prosecuted, so they didn't look into it. I think but, they would have, you I know, mean, it was being examined later than that by like um, investigating people. Well, it's still it? going on for 95 years and there's, there's uh, you know, people still coming forward. Like in 1999, an elderly woman contacted the authorities claiming that her former landlord admitted to having information about the about the murders. And the landlord made the claim in 1935, which was within the 20-year mm. statute of limitations, but nobody looked at it. Uh, but by 1999, when she came forward, uh, that witness in question was dead already. So they couldn't ask him any questions. Like, it's a bit, you know. But the, the thing now cheek him, is... The cheek him. I know. Dying before his... He couldn't even write us a fucking letter. But in 2007... Uh, a group at the uh, German Police Academy used, I, I, I could only find the phrase modern technology. I don't know if it was DNA, if it was you know, some weird like 
Do you know in the movie Deja Vu with Denzel Washington where mm. they're able to look into the past through a computer? Could be that. I don't know what the Germans have in technology. But they say that they were able to eliminate all suspects except for one. All suspects bar one. So they know who did it in their mind. But they're not releasing that information to the public. For some fucking reason. Surely that suspect is dead. Long time dead as yeah, well. Yeah, but they know for shizzle that it's this guy. Or girl. Or girl. And they're not telling everybody for respect for the family. And I'm like, <laughs> there's nobody left, lads. Mm. Just tell us who it is. They're like, no, we absolutely know who it is. Right, guys? But we won't tell anyone out of respect. Okay. Don't say anything. Like, it seems like a bit of a bluff. If they did know, they'd be totally like, hey, it was this person. If somebody found out who the fucking Zodiac killer was after all this time, do you know? They were still looking for the Golden State killer up until last year and that shit stopped in the early 90s. Mm. 25 years later, they're still looking for it. Like, there's people dying. If you had enough for the living. And it's, it's, they're trying to find... What about sunrise? <laughs> uh, it's one of those, it's one of those mad mysteries. It's a hundred years old. <laughs> it was like good with the German accent. There, still, yeah. What about sunrise? What about us? And it's one of those things where like the the people in the, like the Solder Children case are still being looked for. Like they're still, that's a fucking, still a mystery. People are mm. looking to see like, what, what's up, what happened with those people? That was like. What happened with those people? That's like 80 years ago, man, you know? Mm. And now this is like almost 100 years ago and the people are still talking about this weird case. Like how can the fucking German police in 2007 know what the crack is? Basement jacks are going off making songs about it and everything. Uh, is there a, is there just your head <laughs> it's in Munich it's Where's in Munich in a box yeah the Gump Brothers was a I think maybe it could have been a good lead mm. um, they didn't play on it they didn't they didn't go for it laugh is like a box jock <laughs> oh yeah yeah they they cut off their heads send them to Munich mama said everybody get into the barn and make don't make no noise the weirdest part of this and this was like from the initial investigation that I did into this stuff. You hear about these noises in the attic, noises in the attic. And you're like, yeah, you know, a paranoid. You're getting newspapers on the doorstep. They're seeing fucking snow footprints that disappear and shit, right? But the noises in the attic came with some physical evidence. And this is the strangest part of this for me. Because when investigators went to look into the attic, what did they find? human feces that's poop and remnants of meals like not 100% finished so they found like crumbs they found small bits of food and they found human poop so obviously there was somebody living up there at some point possibly spying on the family maybe it was another child that was being kept captive who escaped and killed the whole family on their way out. Mm. Like it said that there was enough feces up there for that person to be there for quite a while. I mean, Anders Gruber, maybe he he was already like having sexual relations with his daughter. Maybe there was some other fucking shady shit going on. And they had someone trapped in the attic. And that guy got out and killed everyone on the way out. Maybe mm. that happened. That's a totally plausible thing. And it's something that nobody would know about because it was only kept quiet like within the family. Yeah. That would also explain the footprints from the woods. On the way out. Maybe it's somebody that escaped, yeah. 
It's weird that there's, there's... Those footprints from the woods, in fairness... Going out into the woods, from the house out into yeah, the woods. Yeah, they could have been at the very, like, okay, so they've done all the murdering and the killing and everything, and then they... Well, Anders found them in the days beforehand. Like, these are the weird things that were happening in the days before. Like, did in, he, who, in the, did, like, did he report those? Yeah, he reported those. Anders okay, reported yeah. those okay, footprints. That, that's, yeah. He reported the newspaper. He reported the weird noises in the attic. Like, the fucking baby, or the, the maid, like, left. Crescents left. Because she thought the house was haunted. That was that was what was going on in the attic. Like there was some fucking exorcism mm. shit going on. Noises upstairs and all. And then when everyone's dead, the investigators go upstairs and they find shit up on the fucking stuck to the walls, like Bobby Sands up in the attic upstairs, and a lot of biscuits and sandwiches that were left over. Mm. There was obviously somebody living up there, be it someone who climbed into the house and was just wait, like do you want to arrest the development where they have the granddad living in the in the fucking attic in the house? Like maybe it was someone living up there being like I'm going to come out. Maybe Maria Baumgartner was escaping from her life and she had somebody secret up there and yeah. they flipped out. Like, why was she so deftly taken care of? Mm. You know, she was laid on the bed and then presumed strangled while on the bed. And uh, then her face was smashed in. But she wasn't brought out to the barn. Mm. Why did she stay in the house and everybody else? Like, where they're like, oh my God, there's somebody outside. Here, Maria, take the baby. And she took the baby. And then one by one, the lads went out to the barn and got their fucking lights put out. Yeah. And then your man came into the house, Maria, I'm up here with the baby. Pff. Like the, the sequence of events doesn't m- m- make sense, you know? Yeah. Especially since they found shit in the attic. I think that sounds like the most logical. That there was somebody up there and then they, they came down and freaked out and killed everybody. Mm-hmm. Well, I would, I would have something to add to that now. Like, but... Go on. Dun, dun, dun. How about, are we ready for a little... Uh, Go on, speculate. Speculation, like, okay. So there's footprints going out into the woods, right? Okay. Nobody likes the father because he's going around riding the whole at them. Yeah. Nobody likes the father doing that. So there's footprints out into the wood. Uh, Maria, uh-huh. not Maria, sorry. Victoria. Victoria uh, is aware that she has another child that's been kept as a captive somewhere else and she goes out into the woods and she finds wherever that person is possibly like an incest baby yeah buried in the ground or like some type of prison or something that they never found because just didn't and then she frees them and then obviously they don't come back the same way they go down through the woods and come back up the road so that Anders doesn't find out yeah so she that was the time that she ran away she comes back where did she go she didn't say she comes back and then the other child is probably a teenager at that stage or maybe an adult is upstairs in the hiding upstairs being in, kept hidden by Victoria from the rest of the family being kept hidden by Victoria by, yeah. and uh, and then that child or adult or teenager or whatever comes down and sees something incestuous happening in the barn between the father and, and, the, the, little and, and, the, and the little girl and decides fuck this I'm going to end this shit now and starts smashing heads and that would explain the pure rage with which people were killed and it might also explain fuck it Marie was there now she has to die she saw me she saw me I'm not gonna I'm not gonna take out the rage on her as much as possibly she was the last yeah Maria's death kind of seemed maybe like a mercy killing yeah. or like a like I'm sorry to have to do this but yeah and maybe, she was strangled yeah. first so she wasn't like bludgeoned to death like the rest she was strangled in uh, what maybe could be 
a more merciful, like peaceful death than getting pickaxed your face in. Yeah. And maybe your man, the, the guy who was supposed to LS or TS or whatever his name was. Schittenbauer. Schittenbauer. SB. <laughs> SB. Lorenz Schittenbauer. <laughs> LS, yeah. Maybe LS was just like, you know what? This is such a fucked up situation that maybe he was actually at peace when he seen them all dead. And yeah. he was just like, I'd say, like, there's, there's no happy ending here. If you're going out with somebody who's had like a fucked up family life, at some point, they're going to tell you about it. You're going to know some shit about somebody. Mm. So like if Lawrence Schittenbauer is going out with Victoria and Anders Gruber is molesting her since she's a child, Lawrence is going to know about it. I also think it could be a possibility that some shit was going down. Here's my here's my wild theory mm. after your one. That's a pretty good wild theory. Yeah. That they had like... I've got a, another one, but keep going. That they had an extra like caged baby yeah. out, in the, out in the woods that grew up. Cage babies. Yeah, yeah. The grew up a cage baby. Um, Introducing. Maybe Victoria, after being sexually assaulted by her father unwantedly at some point, went, I'm out of here. I'm leaving. And she ran off. But Lawrence Schittenbauer's farm and house were very close by. It says just over 100 yards in my research. <laughs> Maybe she ran over to his house and we're like, remember when we were going out, I was telling you my dad's fucking raping me the whole time when he did it tonight and I'm fucking fed up with it. And Lawrence is like, okay, don't worry, we'll mind you. We'll mind you here. And then the dad comes over, has a little tussle with Lawrence. There's a little bit of a, like a push and a two and a fro. Eventually, Victoria goes, okay, I'll come home and goes home and she's like, like, she's like, help me, Lawrence, on the way out. And at some point, she thought Lawrence was going to come and take her and whisk her away and they were going to have the life that they didn't have. But he's married to another woman. He can't have that kind of relationship with her. But he wants to end the suffering. Mm. So he goes over to the house and he and he confronts Anders. And Anders and him have a bit of a tussle and he hits him in the fucking head and smashes his face in with a pickaxe. And through all the hustle and all the noise... The women start coming out. So Kazilia, the the elder, comes out and she gets a fucking pickaxe in the head. And then the daughter comes out and she's like, Anders or, or Lawrence, what are you fucking doing? You're after killing me, man, dad. And she's like, yeah, they're the lads that are, you know, wrecking your life and doing all this. And she comes over to Lawrence and she's like, what have you done? And then little Kazilia's behind her skirt going like, yeah, Mr. Schittenbauer, what are you after doing? And he's like, I thought you wanted this. I didn't want this. It's like, okay, to have a row. And he's like, okay, you got to go to Smish Mash. You're fucking wrecking me life. I can't. I'm also jealous that you have a kid and you also have a baby that you won't let me see. That's mine. And she's like, it's not yours. My father is the father. And with that information, he fucking snaps and just smashes her to bits. And then the child is like, what are you doing to my mommy? And he's like, shut up, bitch. And hits her. And then he has to go upstairs and get rid of the baby and the the because the baby was fairly brutally mashed up in the cot like he had to get rid of the the maid give her a nose triangle because like sorry it's not your fault but like and he's standing over the cot and little joseph is the last to go and he's like i thought you were my kid you're the product of incest and this is fucked up and everyone else is dead like that in my mind that's absolutely what happened well i give you what i think is probably the most out, out is it aliens it's no, not, no, it's no, it's not, it's not, not as, foot. not as okay. outlandish, but like, um, I think it's, there's a good possibility that this may have happened either. Right. How about Victoria? So fucked up from the life that she had suffered. Mm. Um, and then she was obviously mental from that. So basically pictures, she's down in the barn 
she's following on from what she learned from her father and she's carrying on with incestuous relations with her own daughter. Oh, right. And then the mother comes in and goes, fuck this. This has been going on and she knows it's been going on. She's watched it for years. Yeah. And putting in an end to this cycle of evil and she basically kills the daughter. Okay. And then the father comes out and he realizes what's happened. He sees it's all going to unravel and he kills them all. And then he's sitting in the house and this would explain the fire going and the animals being fed. And then fucking two days later, who rocks up to the house or one day later, who rocks up to the house? Only the... Lauren's uh, shooting the And he kills the father. And the feces and food and everything that was in the attic could be explained. If he was doing that kind of crazy shit to his children, then it is totally not beyond belief that he was keeping one of them prisoner in the attic or pu- as punishment for certain times maybe maybe that's what Victoria was running out into the forest for yeah exactly maybe she she was in the one in the attic yeah. and she finally got free or something exactly that does explain all the food and, and that the would also and, and it would also explain why uh, Schittenbauer was blasé about the whole thing because of course he'd seen it he'd fucking seen it already and he was the one that came over and, and was, went you have to kill your whole family yeah. he's like yeah he's like you fucker he smashed can't. his head in yeah yeah because there was no as far as I could find there was no forensic um information to say that they had all died on the night of the 31st yeah so maybe he did hang around for a couple of days and yeah the cold of the women maybe that's why they were kept out in the barn yeah maybe that's why the police never never pushed it maybe they actually when they actually figured that out yeah they were like let's leave lawrence you know what let's after doing this a kindness like this guy was literally just killing the most evil fucker ever like yeah, I do think Lawrence had a had a hand in it, but that's a really good theory. I think that's the best one because that explains all the other extra bits. Because I hadn't bits. thought about the fucking food and the the fire and people sleeping in the beds now. Yeah, and the animals fed. Animals fed. Yeah, no passerby is going to just feed the animals. That's a weird thing. That's, that's weird. That's a really good theory. Lawrence is not going to feed the animals. He's not going to stick around there and get caught. No, no. Postman Pat is not going to feed the animals. No, he'd barely knock on the door. Yeah, that's probably the best one. Chalk that down. German police, if you're listening, uh, Stephen Gormley has has your answer. Uh, I wonder, we're going to chalk this down. And now. zero this is, sociopathic tendencies. <laughs> yeah, this is going, he's like, I planned one out myself. <laughs> this one's going out on the internet forever. So like from 2007, these lads are keeping the lid on it out of respect for the family. So maybe in 10 or 15 years time when all the family are gone or the older members of the family they can finally release this information and we can cross check it off of these theories that we're throwing in there because that's all we have now is these speculative you know minorly facted uh theories hypotheses because like you heard it first here folks (laughs) that's what i mean there's only so many there's only so many hypotheses that you can come up with with this shit they say no reddit it's not (laughs) i got a couple of bits off reddit now but they left me to uh, places that were i guess like reasonably um well sourced they weren't like total poppycock but some of them like are poppycock a bit <laughs> yeah. poppycock poppycock but there are a couple of them um that are I mean you would question them like the veracity of the specific detail um names and, and dates and all that stuff are, are pretty legit but the the investigators I guess intentions and the questions that they asked and the answers that they got these are the facts that I'm finding so these facts could be wrong if you do know more or you do know anything else Info at those conspiracy guys and let me know if you're from around the area or Ingolstadt or anywhere near there and there's more information from the locality. I understand that there's loads of uh, websites in German. Looked at a few of them, you know, 
meine Deutsch ist nicht so schlecht, but I couldn't read it auf Deutsch on the internet, because I couldn't, like, you could do Google Translate, but it doesn't translate it properly, it doesn't really get the subtle nuances. So if there's any Germans out there who uh, know the story and they know a little bit more about it, I'd love to hear your theories. I'd love to hear what they're saying around the town. And your accents. About the, yeah, oh, absolutely. I'd, I'd love to know what they're saying around the town, around the Grubers. Um, could it be something that they're trying to mm. hide? Is it a thing where the, the Schittenbauer name is, is, he's like a secret hero and everyone's like, no, if he won't tell, Schittenbauer rid us of a, a terrible plague of incestuous Grubers. There's some music made about them as well, wasn't there? Yeah, you were playing that for me earlier on. You're yeah. Giles Corey. Giles Corey. Yeah, if you want to hear Hinterkaifeck, the story of Hinterkaifeck in song. I don't think it's like a music. It'll, it's like, it's like Anders fucked his daughter <laughs> and Anders loved his wife. Like it wasn't, it's a, it's a weird, creepy kind of, uh, I guess, atmospheric yeah. Elliot Smith type. Elliot Smith. Music, uh, yeah. Musings. Bit, a bit a bit depressing so what we like to do uh, when we tell these stories at the end Stephen is we want to get off the fence and there's not much to get off the fence about this one uh, we've gone through a lot of the opinions and stuff like that but um, just to kind of tie it up at the end to try and find out how we feel about it off the fence about Andreas Gruber is he was he evil was he like the incestuous madman that they said or can a father enjoy the love of a grown woman who may or may not be his daughter. Oh, I just think he's fucked up, like yeah. evil to the fucking bone. Sorry. I set, I set up that question for yeah. that particular answer. Yeah. Yeah. So he's evil. Like, do you think that he had a hand in any of the murders or was he? I think he had. The victim. I think he was both. He was yeah. the victim, but he was a deserving victim, I think. That's, and that's, you know, a rare thing in these, uh, these in old these, times. These true crime episodes. Like, it's rare to find a deserving victim. Um, so the, you know, the unpopularity of him amongst his neighbours, mm-hmm. do you think that was a contributing factor to whoever committed these crimes or was it totally random? Um, As some reports say. I don't think it was random. I think the mother killed the daughter because the daughter was carrying on incestuous relationships with her own daughter. I think the father then killed the women and the children in the house mm. to cover up his own. Freaked out and he's like, oh shit, I'm going to get caught. And then I think... Um, LS came over and done the dad came over and went and killed him then I think that's a great hypothesis that's I put that out there to people that's a fucking great it explains an awful lot about it Stephen Gormley everybody um, so the fact that private eye <laughs> private eyes oh catching Gruber's private eyes 11800 Gruber call <laughs> the the uh, the Grubers are carrying on incest and they got arrested and Im- and imprisoned. But aren't the Grubers the surely, surely that should have stopped then. Surely this carry-on should have stopped when they were arrested. How like, many carry-on movies have there been? I know. Way too many. Carry-on up the Gruber. Carry-on regardless. Like, surely it should have stopped after they've been imprisoned for sexual misconduct. Mm-hmm. Like, how could you let a daughter with two young kids go back to a house where two people were continuing an incestuous relationship while 15 years before she's putting in reports to the police that she's being interfered with at 16 and probably younger. Like, how can those people allow that to happen, do you know? Sure, how many atrocities and terrible things happen all the time and they're let carry on in our own country and everybody's country? Yeah, it just seemed, do you think, then get off the fence, do you think if that had been properly dealt with that we wouldn't have these murders on our hands? I think you would have had other murders. We would have had something else, something, something, else, something else equally equally as shocking. You know, Andreas Gruber was going to do some shit. Yeah, I think he was a bad man and 
bad egg. Yeah, he's a bad egg. Um, as far as the hair pulling out, which is as of yet in our wild hypotheses, unsubstantiated, unexplained, is that a trick to Tillamania or is that something that was happening Dodgy. while the murder was happening? Like how Dodgy <laughs> bottle of Fidelsen. <laughs> yeah, head and shoulders. And then you put them in the box and you send them to Munich. Like, what happened to that child's hair? Any ideas? What happened to the child's hair? Yeah, undoubtedly she was the last to As in, like, why did murdered. she pull it out or? Yeah, like, um, what was going on there? Shock, why was she shock. left alive? It was a shock, just. Uh, I, she, maybe she was unconscious when they hit her, when she was, when she was attacked. Maybe yeah. she looked dead. Yeah. You know, I'm sure they weren't going around checking pulses. Of seven-year-old girls. Do you think that there was something going on, some kind of sexual impropriety between Anders... Andreas Gruber and his granddaughter. Did they have any, um, was DNA, that far ahead? No, no DNA no, at that time. Stuff like that. Uh, yeah, I would, I would say. But you'd recognise jizz if you saw it. You would, yeah. Yeah. Maybe there was uh, incestuous relations going on between the mother and the daughter. Uh, at this point, I'd believe anything. You know. There's some shit going on in that house. What about then the, uh, the crazy extra shit that was happening the footprints the newspaper the noise in the attic the keys going missing the locks on the sheds like what was that who was going on was that Lawrence keeping an eye on the place was that some passers-by who were trying to find a place to stay for the night and then ended up going oh this family is a bit odd let's fuck with them like what's going on the, do- the, sh- the footprints in the snow one of the daughters either the daughter or the granddaughter trying to run away escape to get away from the attic Um. The keys. You think that's the thing? Because that seems like the, the the footprints out from the house into the snow. The fact that uh, Victoria was running away, you know, the locks being fucked with, like they're trying to get out, yeah, or trying to break somebody else out. The footprints was something that he reported as yeah, well. You know, yeah. like it sounds like he's trying to make up a thing where I'm being bothered, yeah, by somebody you know. rather than yeah. There's nothing happening here, but covering like, his own shit, like yeah. And the newspaper and all that stuff. It's just it's just Andreas trying to create a yeah a victim narrative around him, even though he was the abuser. The postman for could have left a new anyone could have left a newspaper. Yeah. Like. And then the investigation. Like, do you think that, like you said, the investigation was? Well, I'm on my way. Hobbled. I don't know where I'm going. <laughs> do you think it was hobbled by the police because they knew that Schittenbauer had done a virtuous thing, or do you think? That they knew that there was no way that they could get anybody, so they just abandoned it. Mm. It's hard one to call, but from yeah. from uh, my extensive watching of absolute <laughs> shite on Netflix, and <laughs> YouTube is is a, a a repository for absolute shite. Yeah, for this kind of stuff. Yeah, I would uh, conclude my investigations and say that uh, shit about her killed the father, and eventually some police detective went. You know what? Fuck him. Fuck it. Fuck Let it. him off. Yeah. I think that too. I have to come down on that side of the fence and say, I think Schittenbauer is definitely guilty, whether it be yeah. he came and did everybody. Guilty of a crime of reason. Yeah. I don't think he, that, now that you said that it was the dad that killed everyone. Yeah. And I said And it. then he went into the house and he did all his business. Yeah. And then Schittenbauer caught him and fucking smashed his head yeah. in and put him in the shed with the rest of them. All the guns were missing. That's a thing we didn't say. Tell us. Guns were missing. They had a house full of guns. They had a house full of guns. And when the cops showed up, no guns. Who took all the guns? How did they know they had a house full of guns? Would they have had gun licenses? I would imagine so. 
They would have had a gun license. I would imagine so. Yeah. They would have had a car, like at least like something a count in say, a local yeah. guard station yeah. or something like a local, yeah. local cop shop. Yeah. So there, there was somebody took all the guns. Maybe Shittenbauer took the guns, just got rid of them. Panicked as well, you know. He's he knew that he'd done something, and he was like, "You don't know what kind of things people, what uh, extremes people will go to." Like he was obviously not a murderous man, but then he possibly killed the father. Yeah, and then went right. Fucking hell, what am I going to do? Cover me tracks here in some way. At least I'll get rid of these guns. Fuck, how do you get, how do you explain away the guns? That's a weird the guns, one. Guns, the guns, the guns. That is a weird one. Mm. The I, father I could have hidden the guns. For what reason? Because he knew that the the kids, oh, would get them and would shoot get them him and shoot him possibly, possibly. Yeah, it's very hard. You nearly had me to a hundred percent. I forgot about the guns. What about the modern leaks? Then why have these people come forward and then not had their statements taken? I know some of them died or whatever, but why why had they not come forward before, or why had the police not gone looking for them before? That's part one of the question, and part two is why do the police, the German police force, since two thousand and seven, know for shizzle? Who did this shit and they won't tell anybody? Well, in my <laughs> humble, not knowing a fuck clue opinion, like that just does once again sound like, yeah, that the police were like, yeah, you know what? Your man done it. Let's cover it for him. Fuck it. Like, you know, will we, do, we, do we really need to drag up old dirt? Like, yeah. Because I guess the only, the only motivation for me, I think, for the police to know who it was from a hundred-year-old crime and a reasonably famous German true crime story and like a moderately, moderate to lowly famous world true crime story. Mm. Like I found it, it was on my list when I went looking up true crime stories that I wanted to, to cover in this show. And I went, Hinterkaifeck, that sounds class. That's a mad story. And I guess the impetus for the German police force to withhold that information would also be covering their own ass because if they gave out the full files, the full information, it mm. would show that they may have caught the lad back then. And complacency on their part. Possibly. Like, you know, purposeful complacency to let him go because it was a virtuous crime. There could be one other um, possible maybe answer, maybe. Okay. Um, just fucking throwing it out there, but if there had been another child in the house that yeah. nobody was aware of, the mysterious fish head eating yeah. evil Bart in the attic. <laughs> yeah. If there was another child there or a teenager that had yeah. you know, grown up to be like a strong boy or whatever um, and in fits of fit of rage being raised as an animal had killed the whole family and then maybe maybe the police had found him maybe something had come up or maybe he, he had come into the picture maybe later he, on later on and the police were just like we can't actually just name this guy because he was so mentally deranged due to the things that were done to him. And he, or maybe he got away and started living a normal life. Yeah. And he's had like a family and he has descendants and they don't yep. want to tell the true story yeah. because then his legacy would be dun, dun, dun. Sca scattered. Yeah. Scattered. That could be a thing. That could be a thing. Can't get over. I can't get over the police complacency. Can't get over the poop in the attic. I, I'm still, I'm still, to be honest, like it's, there's, it's good because it's, you know, you can have multiple different, different scenarios, yeah. but I really do. I'm sticking to my. I, I think that, I think you're one about the dad killing everyone and then living in the house for a couple of days. Yeah. Or the, the mother killing the daughter. Yeah, possibly. Yeah. The mother killing the daughter. I think that's too, no, no, I think that's too much. That I don't yeah. think Victoria would molest her kid. I think maybe it was like. um, The father. The father was, was 
diddling mm. the seven-year-old. Mm. And it would the, also kind of explain, to some degree, the ver- the veracity with which Veronica got the, the worst covering she, covering the bodies over, so he didn't have to look at them yeah. while, while he fed the animals and went to the barn and got yeah. different stuff for a couple yeah. of days. See, uh, then, Veronica was definitely the most damaged by the attacks. Like she had seven head wounds. Yeah. So obviously, this like you know, the child was getting interfered with. Veronica caught them. He he hit the child a slap. She might have caught her head off something and that's why she's pulling out her hair because she was after being sexually assaulted and she mm. was in in shock and she was also dying out in a cold barn she might know? feel like she's to blame for the whole thing so, yeah her whole family her just mind. because of her 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 ma comes in what are you doing dad you fucking dirty bastard boom 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 boom, boom. Loads, of, loads of fucking blows to the head the ma comes out what have you done you're killing the daughter now and look at the child's fucking jaw hanging off okay you have to go as well thump and then goes in and kills the maiden, kills the baby. Does his business around the house. Feeds the animals, tends to the fire. And then shit and bearer calls over and is like... Shit gets real. What the fuck, man? Where, where's Veronica? She ran out of the house here the other day because she said that you were fucking doing some mad shit. Mm. Where is she? Yeah, that sounds like the most plausible to me, man. Sounds like it could be. Chalk it down. <laughs> yeah, I'm, I'm off the fence on shit and bearer definitely being involved. I think that the incest, it should have stopped the minute that shit went to you know any kind of legal standard like those motherfuckers need to go you know yeah. you gotta go um we talked about it in the Joseph Fritzl episode the, the 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 complacency of Mrs. Fritzl Joseph's wife letting all that shit happen to her child like he was raping that kid years before he built a basement mm. do you know what I mean he'd gone to jail twice for rape and she was still married to him when he came home to build that basement like there is some kind of psychological hold that these people have over yeah something. I guess if you're that fucking messed up and evil yeah that you, you know there's something there that's not right do you know yeah but look at all Crazy. it is now is speculation that's all we can do and that's the end of the Hinterkaifeck murders for this time and those conspiracy guys thanks very much for listening there was a lot of conjecture but I mean it's a hundred year old case it's a nice brain tickler if you want to get in and try and uh Figure it out yourself. I, I, I guarantee we're going to be talking about this on the Discord and you guys can throw out your theories. I'd fucking love to hear them and so would Stephen. You can get him at MoonLooksOn on Twitter or you can send him an email. Uh, I'm sure you have a, a, a MoonLooksOnMusic.com email somewhere around. Oh, I've got a... You can send a... It's a MoonLooksOn at gmail.com or if you, I've got a website. Yeah. yeah. MoonLooksOnMusic.com. Yeah. yeah. I put all the links for all those in the description below and uh, also put the links for your songs uh, Pray for the Rain and Summertime in Bloom that are on Spotify and all the good streaming services give iTunes us, g- and all g- that give us an old like yeah now like and a follow give us an old like and a follow I throw them into the description below and you can check out uh, uh, Stephen Gormley online Moon Looks On um, yeah thanks for listening if anything we, we you know made a mistake or you want to give us some some of your own suggestions info at thoseconspiracyguys.com is the email we're on all the social medias uh, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that crack. At T Conspiracy Guys or Those Conspiracy Guys. We're on Discord and that's where we have the chats about this later on. Ask me for a link or get it off the website. And uh, you can watch this on video. We're recording it right now. Streaming it live to the Patreon folks watching at home. And you can go in and you can watch uh, your favourite parts of this video where you can see our faces and our mouths moving and words coming out. 
Uh, probably should have told you that at the start so you could stop the audio and go and listen to this in the first place, but then we wouldn't get the download. Maybe it's I should probably do it at the start. Maybe I'll do it in the future. Uh, but you can check it out on video if you want. And there's loads of other episodes. So in the future, if you want to uh, see the video version of these uh, you can go into youtube.com slash those conspiracy guys youtube racking the cunt and kicking people off and demonetizing people and also fuck them you can also see this on bitshoot.com slash those conspiracy guys as well as a bunch of other documentaries and other cool conspiracy videos that youtubers who shitty to put on their fucking website suck a dick um we also have the wonderful people at patreon.com slash those conspiracy guys support the show if you want to support the show hit that up all the links are in the description below all the reasons to do is say thanks very much to my esteemed guest Thanks for having us on. Thanks very much, man. Uh, And he he wrote this, we wrote the song together at the start of this show. I'm going to play it right now again for you to listen to because it's fucking awesome. And if you want to listen to it more, uh, hit it up on on Spotify or or iTunes. I'm sure I'll have it up there and you can get the link in the description below. But for now, that's been the Hinterkaifeck Murders. This is Those Conspiracy Guys. My name is Gordo. My name is Stephen. And we'll see you next time. Goodbye. Hitler, Roswell, JFK, cryptozoology and NSA, global war and 9-11 government lies, tell them all about it, those conspiracy guys, Sasquatch, Tesla, Heaven's Gate, pedos in the Vatican and flat earth's fake, simulation, psychedelic, psychic spies, tell them all about it, those conspiracy guys, Fritzl, Rockefeller, Columbine Holocaust denial and David Icke Propaganda, Georgia, Guidestone, everyone dies Tell them all about it, those conspiracy guys Check your sources Don't believe all you hear Or you end up with A head full of fear Mothman, J.P. Morgan, Kurt Cobain Too bad Paul McCartney ain't the same Marijuana, Clintons and satanic ties Tell them all about it, those conspiracy guys